And welcome to Ray Mahoopin. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you are joining me today on jrootradio.com, which can be found on jrootradio.com, jrootradio hotline, jrootradio app. There's so many ways to be able to listen to us. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and <coughs> source of navigation. Ladies and gentlemen, today I want to start with something um, a little bit controversial. A little bit controversial. Oh, you're hiring it now? You're hiring it up now? The volume? What I want to talk to you about is a story that's brought down at the, at the end of Nashim and Teferis Yisrael brings a fascinating, fascinating story. And you're going to see how this story ties right into your marriage. It's amazing. Because this particular story, this particular story is a story that, that it, it's a little controversial. It is. And the reason I say it's controversial, I'll actually explain you at the end why it's controversial. But I think it's such a powerful story. Such a powerful story that we can integrate this into our lives, into our marriages, into our relationships. And you'll see that just integrating the, the theme of the source of the story will, will do tremendous. Okay, here's what it is. Um, at the end of Nashim, there's a story that goes like this. There's a story that in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, a Gentile king, having heard of his leading the Jewish nation out of Egypt, splitting the sea, receiving the Torah, this, this king wanted to see Moshe Rabbeinu. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what Moshe Rabbeinu looks like. Now, obviously, right? there was no, uh, they didn't have any, any, any uh, magazines like we have today or newspapers. He wanted to see what Moshe Rabbeinu, because obviously, I mean, you know, Chazal tell us that during Kriyas Yamsov, when the ocean split, we know that it wasn't just that the ocean split, that, that the ocean, the, the Sea of Reeds, Red Sea, whatnot, Yamsuf, it didn't just split. Every body of water throughout the world split. That's what Chazal tell us. So there wasn't a person in the world who did not realize what was going on. Everybody knew about B'nai Yisrael. Everyone knew. Everyone knew this week's Parsha. We, we, we go th through this story. We, we just went through Shemais. We just went through the whole, the whole narrative. The whole narrative of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Everyone knew. It wasn't a secret. So there's this king. He wanted to see Moshe Rabbeinu. I want to see what it looks like. This is an amazing man, Moshe. I want to see him. So what did he do? He hired an artist to study Moshe and to ultimately paint his portrait. The artist actually went down. This is brought down to Pharisees Israel. Please wait to the end of the story because I know some of you are thinking some things, but wait to the end of the story. The artist spent many, many months until he was satisfied with his work and he presented it to its commissioner. The king took one look at the picture and gave the artist, he looks at the picture, the king looks at the picture, and instead of looking at the artist and saying to him, thank you so much for painting a picture of this Moshe, I really appreciate it. Instead, the king goes over to the artist, slaps him across his face and says to him, How dare you fool me? I am well versed in the reading of faces. The picture you painted is a man of very poor character. What do you think you're doing? Okay. So what happens? What happens is the artist was like, he was completely, he didn't know what to say. This is, he wasn't lying. This is the painting that he did. So what happened was, says the king himself journeyed into the desert to behold Moshe, and to his shock, he looks at Moshe Rabbeinu, and who does he see? He sees the exact same image that the artist painted on the portrait. That's what he saw. He saw Moshe Rabbeinu. He was, he was shocked. He was shocked. Somehow, this king was able to somehow meet Moshe. Arranged that he meets Moshe Rabbeinu, and... Um, and he expressed his surprise to Moshe Rabbeinu because he said, I, I, I could read faces, I could look at your face. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to him, why are you so surprised? Why are you so surprised? Is this not the true test of every man to overcome his poor character and to strive for greatness, not to be born into it? This, is, this story is quoted by the Teferis Yisrael and Kedushin. Perek, I think it's, it's, it's Dalit. And then the truth of the matter is, 
I know, I know some of you are thinking that there's, there's a little disagreement as far as its veracity. There is disagreement as far as its veracity of this particular story. But I think for the most part, the story is widely accepted. You could take a look at the Arpnei Moshe and Chukas, the Noim Amidis, the Priha Aretz and Balak, and you'll see that overall it's accepted. The point over here is not whether the story actually happened or it didn't happen. The point over here is that this story teaches us a great lesson. The lesson is that the objective, the goal, the job description in this world is to overcome our bad midos. And for those of you who are still thinking, well, okay, that story, whatever, well, let's think of a different Moshe. Let's think of a Rebbe Moshe Feinstein's Zatzal, Godel Adar, that was in our generation, in our generation. Moshe Feinstein, a lot of you, who was listening to this, remember, remember of Maisha, he was alive when you were alive. He was the last God, really true Godel Adar. He was a Godel Adar. What, what made him into a Godel Adar? Anybody takes a look at the Igwes Maisha, you just start reading it a little bit, you sort of see what made him a Godel Adar. Just the, the man's underst- understanding, his, his delving, his bright kite into Tyra was vast, unbelievable. Let's read an Igwes Moshe. Just take one shuva in Igwes Moshe. Ladies, Igwes Moshe, those who don't know, are Chuvis questions that were asked to Rav Moshe. They were published in something called Igros Moshe. And you take a look at all those Chuvas, all those answers, and the way he answers, you see that he had a prolific understanding of the Torah. But that's not what made him into a Gadaldar. That was part of what made him into a Gadaldar. Obviously, you can't be a Gadaldar without Torah. His godless, though, his godless is that he took the Torah and he integrated it into his Midos, overcoming his Midos. One of the most famous stories of Rav Moshe Feinstein, ladies and gentlemen, is a story which we know is 100% MS, 100% true. Somebody took Rav Moshe, was driving him to a chasna, was driving him to a wedding, and he, and he took him and he sat him down, front seat, and he did not realize that as he sat down, he actually closed the door on one of his fingers. Could you imagine? And can you imagine the pain that Rav Moshe was going through? Not an utterance, not a sound, nothing. Rav Moshe did not want to embarrass this particular individual who was driving him. Could you imagine conquering his Midos? Could you imagine the, the, the shlemis that Rav Moshe had, how he was working on his Midos? I heard another beautiful story of Rav Moshe. I can tell you so many stories of Rav Moshe. Another beautiful story of Moshe. I think it's so like, so like telling this particular story of Moshe. Rosh Hashiva, he was Rosh Hashiva of Sifta Teferis Yerushalayim. The Godel Adar, somebody comes in and they used to collect money. People come collecting money, collecting money for tzedakah. I don't like the term shnara. You know, people use that term shnara. I don't know, I think it's very derogatory, shnara. I mean, shnara, he's collecting for tzedakah. He's collecting tzedakah. He's put in a situation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, put him in a situation where his avoid is to come and collect tzedakah. So he's coming in. Unfortunately, a lot of people take a look at these people who are collecting stock, and it's, it becomes very derogatory. It's so funny because here's an individual who's giving you an opportunity for life. Tzedakah tatzel mi moves. There's nothing, like, you know, what do we say on Yom Kippur, right? Teshuva, tefila, tzedakah. And what are we calling these people? Shnarrers? Like, hello? I think we're the shnarrers. Yeah, we are the shnarrers. Just the fact that we could call someone a shnar, call these people shnars. Okay, whatever. We're not going to get off the engine over here. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening today to me, thank you for listening. Rav Maisha is an MTJ, and in comes somebody who's collecting tzedakah. The person's collecting tzedakah. Okay. Collecting tzedakah. And he comes, and what happens? What happens is, I'm sorry, take that back, take that back. Actually, what happens is, is that somebody new comes into the base medrash, a guest. Somebody new comes into the base medrash for davening or whatever it was, and Rav Moshe, Ban Visanusa, in his great humility, Moshe, Rav Moshe, Zatzal, following in, in the ways of Moshe Rabbeinu, Anav Mikol Adam, was Moshe Rabbeinu right? Most humble ever. No one was as humble as Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. And what does Rav Moshe do? Rav Moshe goes over to the person to greet him. Could you imagine Godel Adar? Instead of just standing there, you know, by Mizrach, just standing over there in the front and whatever it is, he actually goes over to greet this stranger in his base medrash. He comes over to this stranger to greet him, 
And this man, not knowing that it's Rav Moshe Feinstein Zatzal, not knowing that the Godel Adar is coming over to greet him, he didn't realize, whoever it is, thought it was somebody coming to collect staka. That's what he thought. So the man takes out a dollar and he gives it to Rav Moshe for staka. Now, could you imagine? Here you have the Godel Adar, the greatest of the great, coming over to greet someone. Can you imagine Lahavdil Elif Avdalim, the president is coming to greet someone? And this someone thinks that this president is coming to collect money for charity, so he gives him a dollar. What would the president say? What did Rav Maisha say? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you want to hear what Rav Maisha did? Listen to this, it's unbelievable. What Rav Maisha did was Rav Maisha took the dollar, and instead of embarrassing this individual, he kept on going around the Bismedrish collecting money for tzedakah. Showing the person that, yes, indeed, I am collecting for tzedakah and thank you so much for giving me the money because he did not want to embarrass another fellow yet. Could you imagine? He did not want to embarrass a stranger. We're not talking about someone in his family. We're not talking about someone who's close to him, someone in the base medish. A stranger. He didn't want to embarrass him. Now, why do you think that Moshe did this? Why? Why did he do this? He did this because it's a nice thing. He felt bad for him. It's not right. No, he did it because that's what the Torah expects from us. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from us. That's what it means via Hafta Laracha Kamocha. And not to, and to embarrass someone and Chas Shalom, have someone feel bad is an Avera. And Rav Moshe realized this, it was a Godel Adar, and he integrated into his life, despite the fact of who he was, the fact, despite the fact that he was the greatest of the great, he worked on his Midos. This is something, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to integrate into our own lives, into our marriages. I want to tell you something interesting. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I could tell you the theme of what's going on out there, but Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's to work with couples, with Hulu. And I'm starting to feel something, and I want to share this with my audience. You know, you never know, it's like a wave, a pattern that's starting to be pervasive in our community. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, if someone were to ask me, Rabbi Greenfield, you know, Baruch Hashem, I see you, Baruch gave you a lot. Siyat Deshmaya, when it comes to Shalom Bayis, V'chulu, what would you think is the most important thing when it comes to marriage? What, what do you think, like the one key, one or two, not one, one or two, three things, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about a happy, healthy, holy home? What would you say? Let me tell you what I would say. This is not me saying this. This is not. This is me standing on, sh- on shoulders of giants. On Marmi Chazal, Gemaras, Halachas, Rambams, the Torah. What is it? Let me tell you one thing. It's very simple. And I know, you know, we speak about this a lot, but I have to talk about it now. And, and I, have to, I have to, like, dig a little deep in today to the about what is it. What am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? I'm talking about being Mavata. I'm talking about foregoing. I'm talking about working on your midos and just letting go. Just letting go. You don't understand how transformative this is in your marriage. You do not understand how transformative. And you might be listening to me right now and say, Rabbi Greenfield, I am being mevater. You don't understand. My husband, he makes me crazy. He gets upset. He criticizes me. He attacks me. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. Are you letting it go? How often are you letting it go? Are you always letting it go? Almost always letting it go? I'm not saying to always let it go. But is this the theme in your house? In your house, is there a theme of just being mevater, letting it go? How often? Every day. Every day. Okay. Hello? What are you doing now? Doing your dishes? Are are you cooking for Shabbos? Are you in a car? Listen to this piece. If if you have to stop on this Every day you have to be mevater in your marriage. Every day. And you know something? Not only once, several times. Every day in your marriage you have to be mevater. Those of you who just got married, by the way, you're going to be mevater much more. Oh boy, you're going to be much more because you just got married. Shana Rishona. You don't understand your sensitivities of your husband or your sensitivities of your wife. Every day I'm talking to the men, I'm talking to the women. So why should I do it, Rabbi Greenfield? What's the point? Okay, let me tell you the point. There are three points. If you were not connected to the Torah, if I was speaking to a secular crowd here, or to a non-Jewish crowd, whoever it is, and we don't know who's listening to me, and, and you know, if they're non-Jews or listening, that's wonderful, that's wonderful. 
Because we all want to go in the derech of Hashem. We all want to follow, follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's way, God's ways. The most important reason that you should be mevater, the most important you should let it go, is that's what Hashem wants us to do. That is what God wants us to do. We have to let it go. We have to be mevater. We have to understand that just like Hashem, just like a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Melech Malchi Amlochim is mevater, lets it go, foregoes every day on what we do for him. Every day Hashem foregoes. If a Kaddish Baruch Hu would run this world with Midas Hadin, Midas Hadin, when I say Midas Hadin, by the way, I'm talking about the Midas, the character of judgment. It means tit for tat. Tit for tat. We would not exist today. We would not exist. The world would not exist today if Hashem would run the world with Midas Adin, it, it just wouldn't go. The, the, let me ask you a question. The gentlemen who are listening to this, you know, by the way, it's a live show today on Thursday, February 18th, 2016. Adar, Aleph. You know what? Thursday, you might, oh, you might be listening to the show on Monday night. I don't know. You could be maybe listening to the show on Monday night. But it doesn't make a difference because guess what? Monday and Thursday, we say something called Tachnon. We say something called Tachnon. Now, Ashkenaz would call it Tachnon. Sephardic might be called a little bit different, but whatever it is, Tachnonim. We say Tachnon. And you know what Tachnon is? Tachnon is saying to Hashem, Hashem, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hashem, please forgive me. Forgive me. I'm horrible. I know I do so many Averos. We do so many Averos. Hashem, we're really not good. We're not a good nation, Hashem. Hashem, we speak gossip. Hashem, we... We, we, we make mistakes, Hashem. We make mistakes. We don't want to make mistakes. We're human. I'm saying it's an excuse, but Hashem, please forgive us. But you know how we say it? We say, Hashem, do with us. Tzedakah means charity. Charity. Chesed. Chesed. Generosity. Chesed. Not midasadim. Kindness. And save us. We do not deserve it. Hashem, just, I know I don't deserve it, but can you please, can you please make sure, Hashem, that my family's good? Can you, Hashem, can you please make sure that my children are doing well? You know, I have teenagers, you think. I'm, my kids are turning into teenagers. I'm very nervous. There's so much going on today. There's so many kids who are going off. There are so many kids who, who are just... This so my son, my daughter, I'm scared and this. Hashem, could you please help us? I know I don't deserve it. Could you please help us, Hashem? We ask Hashem whether it's for health, whether it's for nachas, whether it's for parnasa, sustenance. We're constantly asking Hashem. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand? Do you understand one of the most effective tools to have Hashem listen to you? give you the results that you're looking for is be mevater in your house. Let it go when your husband gets you upset, when your wife gets you upset. And oh boy, do they get us upset. Oh boy, do they get us upset. Some days more than others. Not because they intend upon doing that. They don't want to get you upset. But you know what? They're doing it. Why? The Messiah Yisrael Misharm says, Kol ha'olam nisyanot heim la'adam. All phases of lives are for a test. This is a test of the emergency broadcasting system. Every day you have a test. If you're listening to me right now, you're going to be tested today. Your husband is going to test you. Your wife is going to test you. Maybe only slightly. They're not doing it on purpose. They're not. The problem is, is that your sensor is going off or your emotional sensor is going off. And you know something? Believe you me. Believe you me, ladies. Talking to the ladies, especially right now, ladies. Trust me, your husband cares about you. He loves you. He wants the best of you. And if you're thinking that he's criticizing me, he's not there for me, he's frustrated. He's displacing his anger. He has bills. He has pressure. He has this. And you know what? If you were in his shoes, you might have acted the same. You, might, you really might have acted the same. So you know something? I'm, of course, I'm telling you to lead your life in Midas HaRachamim. But the truth of the matter is a lot of this Rachamim is din. It's really no one's fault. Stop blaming each other. Stop blaming. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your husband. Stop this tit for tat. How come you're not doing this for me? You see, this is being mevater. Being mevater is, is the fact. Being mevater is, I'm right and you're wrong, but I'm going to do it for you anyways. You know, I'm very thoughtful and you're inconsiderate, but I'm still going to do it for you. Or you know something? 
You had a horrible day? You don't even know what type of day I had. I had the most horrible day. You don't understand what happened with the kids today. You don't understand what happened with the doctor. You don't understand with my mother. You don't understand all these things. I also had a horrible day. But you know what? I'm going to help you and listen to you. This goes both for men and for women. That has to be the theme in the house. I'm, I'm a complete selfless giver. I am going to work on my midos. I don't think that I have to do it right now. Right? Men, your wife wants you to take care of something. You know? Gentlemen, there's not a man who's listening to this who, who never had his wife asking for something. Can you please take care of the, take out the garbage? Can you please, there's a light bulb that was burned. You know, the engine light went on in my car. You know, um, we have a problem with the house. I think I saw a mouse. I don't know, my house, whatever it is. And your wife says to you, can you please take, we have a leak. We have a leak. Husbands, your wife tells you, can you please take care of it? Oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Why are you saying that? Don't worry, I'll take it. Why are you putting it on the back burner? You know how important it is for your wife if you do it right away? If you push up this particular task on the hierarchy level, you know what it would mean for your wife? You know how much, you know how much schar you're going to get? Do you know how much bracha you're going to bring into your house? Because you're going to take care of it right away. You know, men who are listening to me, I'm sure there's something. Okay, I can't tell you for sure, but there's probably something that your wife wants you to do right now. Think about it. What does your wife want you to do? Something, right? And you have it in the back burner. Can you please put it in the front? Can you please do it right away for her? Yeah, do it right away for her. Because you know why? She's going to feel loved. She's going to feel cared for. It's the ultimate chesed. You're being mevater on your midos because you don't want to do it right away. You want to leave it out. And you know it's a very uncomfortable thing. You don't get involved with it. It triggers you. But you know what? Do it right away. Do it right away for your wife. Do it right away. Be mevater. Let it go. She doesn't deserve it. Because your wife is being nasty to you, she doesn't deserve it. Is that what's going on through your mind right now? You don't. She doesn't really deserve it. She's really not nice to you. You ask her things. You know what? Be mevater. Be mevater. Call him mevater al midosav mavirin lakolpeshav. Anyone who forgoes his gripes, they will forgo all his sins. Could you imagine what bracha? Can you imagine every time you're being tested at home? Let it go. Let it go. What's bothering you? What's bothering you? Your wife is leaving old food in the refrigerator. Is that what's bothering you? Your wife does the laundry and it's all over your bed. Is that what's bothering you? Ladies, what's bothering you about your husband? He's eating directly from the salad bowl. He has breakfast and he leaves it all over the table. He has svarim all over. You can't do the Shabbos table. Is that what's bothering you? Let it go. Let it go. Be mevater. You're going to be mevater. Hashem will be mevater. You let it go. Hashem will let it go. What's bothering you? Your husband is coming in. He's an angry bear. He's criticizing you instead of letting you go. So what are you going to, you're going to get embattled and, and, and like, you know, tit for tat and tell him how you're talking to me. Who do you think you are? Just walk away. I'm not, you walk away. You know what? Give him some time. If he's hungry, feed him. If he's, if he's tired, let him sleep. If he's thirsty, let him drink. Maybe he just wants to talk a little bit. Let him talk. You'll see. He'll be, a, he'll be a nicer man. He'll be a nicer man. This works the other way too, by the way, ladies. Sometimes you could sort of lose it, right? Sometimes you're losing it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's, it's definitely not what a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants. We should all control ourselves. But if you see that your husband, your wife is wearing their hats, let it go. Let it go. Why are you getting so iskehit? You're so, so like hot about it. Let it go. Be mevater. Be mevater. You can't be mevater. I'll tell you soon how to do it, okay? Request. You ask your husband over and over and over again to leave you money for the kids who need shoes. Camp is going to be soon. Oh, we're February. People are thinking about camp. No, people are already thinking about camp, okay? So you're asking your husband, you know, I really want my daughter to go to sleepaway camp this year. All the girls are going to sleepaway camp. You're speaking to your husband. And he's giving you the business. He's giving you the business. And here, you know what he's doing? He's spending money on himself. Here he could go spend on himself. He could spend money. But for, the, for the, your daughter, he can't. Oh. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, meet us a din. How can you do that? You know, you're not a nice person. You're really not a nice person. Bimavater, let it go, let it go, let it go. And I want to tell you something. A lot of this din is really not, a lot of this, sorry, a lot of this rachmim, a lot of this kindness is really not really kind. It really is din. Because if you, if you would know what goes on in his life, many times, if you're down le if you judge him favorably, you'll not out to get you or your daughter. Men, I'm talking to you too. Many times, if you see that your wife is just not, like you asked her a million times, you said to her, please, I come home, and I want to go to sleep, and there's laundry all over my bed. Like, I have to tell you every day, you know something? I, I want to tell you something, gentlemen. If you had her personality, you would probably do the same. 
maybe that's a personality issue that she's just working on. Maybe, maybe she really has nowhere to do the laundry. And she's really overwhelmed with the kids. Why are you getting so upset at her? Let it go. Let it go. Are you getting upset because, because your, your wife is not greeting you? Try to let it go. Try to let it go. Ladies, your husbands are not giving you attention. They're not spending quality time for you. Okay, that actually. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying let it go, let it go, let it go. But here you're stopping? Yeah, yeah, here I am. Yes, 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 yes here I'm stopping. Because you're going to need that. <laughs> I'm telling you from experience, and I can tell you from, 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 you know, from a psychological aspect, from a Torah aspect, if you're not getting attention, ladies, if you're not spending quality time with your husband, like really not getting it, and your gas tank is on empty, many of you are not going to be able to control yourselves. I I'm not giving you a green card here not to control yourself. There's never a green card not to control yourself. But what I'm saying is going to be so, 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 so hard. You need attention from your husband. You need to spend quality time from him, and you have to know how to ask him. You have to know how to ask him. You have to know how to give your husband instructions. But let's move on. Torah issues. Torah issues that we spoke about last time as far as giving most of to your spouse. Oh boy, do you have to be careful with that. Oh boy, that could start such a big fight. Oh boy. Expectations, gentlemen, on Shabbat. The meal is not ready on time. Ach and vey, the meal is not ready on time. Oh, I can't believe my wife didn't prepare the meal for me. What was she doing until now? You're so upset, so upset. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Your wife's not paying parking tickets. Let it go. Take care of it. Take care of it. I'm not saying, you know what, there are some avenues of thought. There are some people who say, you know what they say? They say, always let it go. Always let it go. There are, there are some books like that, actually. They say, always let it go. Um, you know what? I, I can't be upset at these books. I really can't. I'll tell you why. Because the theme, they get the theme. The major theme is to let it go. It really is. There are exceptional times that you have to negotiate. I will tell you, there are, like I just told you the case of attention, by the way, ladies, right? If your husband's not spending time with you, quality time, oh, that's something that you can't always let go, that you're going to have to really discuss with him in a very careful way, very, very, uh, just pronounced, very, very thought, thought out of way. We spoke about it, and maybe I'll get a chance to speak about it today as well. But what I'm saying to you is the theme is to let go. The theme is to just be mevater. And if you are not being mevater in your houses, you know something? You shouldn't have gotten married. It's as simple as that. Am I being too strong over here? Oh, Robert Greenfield, you're on the air. How could you say that? Okay, I'm saying it anyways. You should not have gotten married. If you cannot be mevater on a daily basis and overall be mevater, 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 I'm telling you, you shouldn't because that's what marriage is. It's shlemis. Shlemis means to become a shalim. The word shalom, which means, which means peace, it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name. <laughs> shalom is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name, right? The word shalom is what shlemis we have to achieve to, 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 to become a shalim. How do we do that? By what? By controlling ourselves and letting it go. Letting it go. And you know something? Sometimes... You feel blame towards your husband, towards your wife. It's just a Kaddish Baruch testing you. Stop blaming your husband. Stop blaming your wife. It's just Hashem testing you. That's all it is. Don't plug in to dangerous autopilot responses, ladies and gentlemen. Do not plug in to dangerous autopilot responses. What am I talking about? Question criticism. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it's normal to bring a newspaper shop to the Shabbos table? Do you think it's normal not to leave me money? Do you think it's normal for our daughter not to go to camp? Everybody in her class is going to camp, sleepaway camp. So you think it's normal that our daughter shouldn't go to camp? I'm asking you. Do you think it's normal? Do you think it's normal to give, to, to, on Shabbos to give me leftovers? Is that normal? Some men get upset at their wife. Do you think it's normal? That's question criticism. It's not going to work. It's not, you should be letting it go. You should be mavatar. You know, that's question criticism. If you can't be mavatar, and this is... Today, I'm not talking about negotiating, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about being mevater. That has to be a theme. Or sarcasm. Sarcasm, right? Husbands tell their wives, oh, it's very normal for us to have pasta every night. Every night to have pasta. Very normal. You know, everybody in the house does it. Very normal. Sarcasm, right? Or for the woman to say, very normal. You know, our, our, our daughter shouldn't go to camp. Don't learn with the kids. Don't learn with the kids. No problem. No problem at all. They'll just fail the test. They'll stay in the same grade for the next five years. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You guys are really connecting over here. Okay, next, feel my pain. How'd you like it if we were going to your parents' house and I would ignore your father? 
How would you like that, the husband says to his wife, or the wife says to her husband, how would you like it if I would go into your office and I would leave things on your table and I would just leave it all over the table? How would you like it? Huh? 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 Or belittling. You're not normal. Just like your father. You look weird. You're stupid. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'chalila. These things don't work. You know what works? What works is being levater. Letting it go. Kol mevater al midosav mavirin lo kol pishav. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you know what? Uh, uh, okay. A couple of things here. You're still listening to me. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We're having a lot of siyat dishmai here today. We are. We are. We are. We are. Why do I say this? Why do I say this? I say this because what we're talking about today is not, it's not my vertlach. You know, this is, this is the Torah. This is the Torah. This is what the Torah directs us. The Torah wants us to let go. The Torah wants us just, just to leave it alone. Let it go. Let it go. Now, I want to talk about something. Men and ladies, stop judging. Stop blaming your spouse. Stop blaming that's not what marriage is all about. What are you, a business associate? Are you a friend? By the way, you're not friends. Oh, you're my best friend. No, you're not my best friend. You're my husband. You're my wife. That's not best friend. That means you're one. We're basar echad. We're one unit. Not best friend. We're one unit. If your legs, leg hurts, my leg hurts. If you have a headache, I have a headache. Right? Ravari Levine. Our leg hurts us. That's what the Kaddish expects from us in a marriage. That's, that's what Hashem expects from us in marriage. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity every day. Okay, so now, ladies who are listening to this are saying, Rabbi Greenfield, Rabbi Greenfield, one second, one second, one second. You're telling me to be mevater, be mevater, be mevater. And I am, I am. Rabbi Greenfield, I'm mevater. I get these phone calls, these, these texts. Rabbi Greenfield, I'm mevater all the time, but isn't there some things that I need? Like, what do I do? Ladies, you're right. You're right. There are some things that you need. There are basic needs that you need. And if you don't get those basic, basic needs, you're not going to have the tolerance or patience to deal with it. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. You're right. So you know what? You know what? Sometimes you just need to give your husband instructions. Now, many women don't like when I say this. They don't like when I say it because they think to themselves, Rebecca Greenfield, if my husband would love me, he would care about me, he would know what I need. If, if I come home with shopping bags, he would know to help me out. He would get up on his computer or whatever he's doing and he would help me. If he would care about me, he wouldn't leave the dishes, his breakfast all over the table. He wouldn't tell me he's leaving me money. He wouldn't promise me he's taking care of the health insurance and not take care of it or something else and not take care of it because he wouldn't. You know why you're saying that? Let me tell you why you're saying that. You're saying that because you're not thinking outside of yourselves. I'm sorry. I know I'm being a little bit tough here. I don't mean it. The reason you're saying that is because that's you. You see, that's you. You would take care of it right away. You would help somebody else if you notice. You would notice women have something called being a Sarah. A woman realize, women see things. They hop it. They get it. Men don't always get it. He's just a man. And the more I hear women saying about their husbands, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. He's just a man. He's just a man. That's like the best thing you could say about your husband. He's just a man. To know he's not you. He's, he's totally not you. You're from, you're from Venus, he's from Mars, right? You're from, uh, right, or Lisa Eichen, what'd she say? You're from Bina, he's from Das. Different world, he's just a man. He's just a man, he's not going to get it. So you know what? Stop expecting and start just giving him instructions. Brother Greenfield, I give him instructions all the time. He doesn't listen to me. You know how many times I told my husband to, 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 to spend time with me? You know how many times I told my husband to come on time, to learn with the kids, not to leave his socks on the floor? I don't know, whatever it is, right? How many times I told my husband, you have to know how to give instructions. So we have a whole class on requests. I have a whole thing on it. And Mr. Shem, we're going to put it out. But right now, I'll just give you all. I know we spoke about it, but it's important to hear it again and again. It's so important to hear all of this again and again. Okay. Some here, ladies, this is for you. This is for you. Believe you, men who are listening to this know exactly why this is so much more effective than the other stuff. Like this, ladies. Okay. You are not getting attention from your, from, your, from your husband, right? You're not getting attention from your husband. He's not there for you. You feel that he's just not there for you. So how do you say it to your husband? How do you give these instructions to your husband? Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of, 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 of things here. A, col- a couple of things. 
You see, what you want to do is you want to first connect to your, to, your, to your husbands. And you say something like this. You say, you say Moshe, Yaakov, Shlomo, honey, whatever you call your husband, I know you want to give me attention. I know that. But you probably don't realize we haven't spent much time together lately. It would make me so happy if we can set aside some time tonight to spend together. Now, it doesn't have to be scripted exactly the way I'm saying it, but this is the theme. Number one, you are sort of taking your arms, putting it around your husband's shoulder, and you're saying to him, you're saying to him, I care about you. This is not an attack. I'm not saying you're a bad person. Ladies, don't, don't you know how horrible you feel when your husband attacks you, he criticizes you? You know how you feel like you just want to bury yourself? You know that horrible feeling like, I can't believe my husband's criticizing me. Because you feel like he's telling you you're a horrible person. Your husband's the same way. He's really the same way. He, he might not be as sensitive. Sometimes some husbands are more sensitive. But what you want to tell your husband is, I know you want to give me attention. I know that. But you probably don't realize we haven't spent so much time together lately. It would make me so happy if we could set aside some time. Do you see how I'm saying it, ladies? Not, we don't spend time. You promise me. You promise me. You, same thing, with, same thing with, with the socks on the floor, the stuff on the bed all the pet peeves, everything. It's that theme. Ladies, you should be telling your husband, I had a really hard day. If you could just genuinely listen and empathize, that would really help. Because you know your husband. You're going to start talking. He's going to start giving you ideas and fix it, Mr. Fix-It. Tell him, I had a really hard day. If you could just listen to me and empathize, that would help. Yes, ma'am. No problem. That's what you want me to do? I will do it for you. He will. He will. You don't know how many men tell me. Just, just my wife, just, I don't know. I can never make her happy. Just tell me what you want. Or next, Tell your husband, I know how busy you are. So I'm just reminding you the next week is our anniversary. My birthday, Hanukkah. I'm going to come home in 15 minutes. It would make me so happy if the house is clean. Tell your husband. Or tell your husband, I'm just reminding you, next week, next week is uh, my sister's wedding. It's very important for me if you come on time. We're going to be there early for the picture. It make me really happy. Okay, if you could simply reassure me that you want to spend time with me, I would feel much better. Sometimes you get into a fight with your, your husband, ladies, and you feel he just doesn't care about you. And you get to this tit for tat, he's not there for you, and he promised you, and this and that. And like all of a sudden, you're in the middle of fighting. And I, I, by the way, ladies, I know I'm asking you to be like super, super, super high level over here. But some people who have listened to my shows, or maybe you just on a very high, high level, you could deal with this. And say to your husband, in the middle of the fight, say to him, you know, if you could just reassure me that you want to spend time with me, it would make it, I would feel much better. Uh, you just changed everything around. Now, men, you should really be doing this. But ladies, you don't understand giving your husband instructions. Okay. I, I can't get into this right now because this is not a classroom requests. But I want to move on to something very important. I want to move on to something very, very important. Another issue which I see being pervasive is the people I'm working with, etc. Very important. That is like this. That is like this. Common decency is a prerequisite for the Torah. I, I want to tell you something. I'm so happy you're listening today because it's so important today. These are not my words. This is, this is listen to this. Perkeovos, Perakim. Mishnah Chafal. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah Omer. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, Imein Torah, ein derech if there's no Torah, there's no derech, there's no common decency. Imein derech eretz ain't Torah. But if there's no derech eretz, there's no Torah. Let me tell you what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when He created us, there are certain midos, positive midos, which are embedded in us. One of the most important, pivotal, Mida that we have, and you have to integrate this in your relationship, is hakaras hatov, gratitude. Greenfield, I say thank you. I don't really have to listen now. I can shut it off. No, no, no. Don't shut it off. Don't shut it off. Listen to me. You do not know how powerful, how important, how empowering, how motivating gratitude is in your relationship. There's a great book. It's called The Garden of Gratitude. Wonderful, wonderful book. It's written by Rav Shalom Arush. It's translated by Blazer Brody. And here's what it says. It's a beautiful line. The difference between a happy person and a happy marriage and an unhappy person and an unhappy marriage is 
gratitude. Nothing as important as gratitude. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, it's part of our system. You know, it, it, the Navi Yeshayahu, it says, Yadashar konehu v'chamar avus balav, which means the ox knows its owner and the donkey, the footsteps of its masters. Even animals have gratitude. Even animals. It's a positive mida that we all have. The problem is, what? The problem is that we have the Yetzirah. We have the evil force. We have the Yetzirah that's trying to pull us down. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Think about Bereshus. Who was the first person created? What was his name? His name was Adam Arishon. Oh, Adam Arishon. Very interesting. What was the... Well, Adam Arishon, did he have a Yetzirah? Did he have an evil inclination? No, he did not. He did not have an evil inclination. There was no evil inclination when HaKadosh Baruch created the Adam, right? Adam Arishon, right? What was it? There was the snake. That was the evil inclination. And the, the evil inclination, which was the snake, convinced Chava, Eve, what? Chava, Different people listen to us here. To what? To eat from the forbidden fruit, whatever the fruit was. It was people say it was an apple. But mo- it's funny. Most people say it was an apple. It could have been an estrog. It could be this. It could be that. Whatever she ate from it, right? She ate from it. Right? She ate from it. It's hadas, right? She ate from it. And when she ate from it, that's when she was sort of able to tell good and bad. But what it was really, that's when the Sahara came in us. That's when Adam Arishon had his Yetzahara. And guess what? What, is Hash- what does Adam Arishon tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem? Hashem asked him, the fruit, where, where, what's going on here? I'm not quoting, obviously. What does Adam Arishon say? She says, what do you mean? The woman, the woman which you gave me, which you gave me, this woman that you gave me, she had me take from this fruit. Do you see the ingratitude? Here's a man who never had a Yetzirah before, the first man created, and then all of a sudden the Yetzirah comes into his system, and the first thing that, the first of it, ingratitude, ingratitude. This ingratitude, you don't know how bad it is. I, I, I want to tell you, again, you can take a look at this, this phenomenal book, The Garden of Gratitude speaks about it. You know, we're, we're holding now, Yetzirah Mitzrayim, to talk about Am Kashe Oref, stubborn, stubborn nation. Well, Am Kashe Oref. Because the Jewish, Jewish people are complaining. So, I mean, the Jewish people, they, you don't have water, you're thirsty. You're going to go to Moshe Rabbeinu. But you know what the problem was? The problem was they were not grateful. Here you have Hashem. These people were slaves. Hashem took them out of Mitzrayim. There were the ten plagues. There was the splitting of the sea. They, they experienced so many miracles. And here they come demanding to Moshe Rabbeinu, but we don't have any water. It's the ingratitude. You're like, you can ask. You can say, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've done for me. But if you could do this, I'd really appreciate it. I'd really appreciate it. But they didn't have gratitude, and that's what it was. Some, some people say that even this, this is actually, they say that was, was, was you know, today, <laughs> we do not live, you know, we do not live in Eretz Yisrael. There's no base on Mikdash. Our base on Mikdash was destroyed. It was destroyed on Tishabav. What happened on Tishabav? On Tishabav. What happened was the spies came back from Eretz Yisrael and the spies said to the Jewish people how terrible the land of Israel is and the Jewish people were crying. They were crying all night. They were crying and Hashem, you know, as if to say, said, what? You're crying now? You're going to be crying for generations. The worst punishment ever. Worst punishment ever. Crying. Whoa, whoa it's a pretty bad punishment, no? Goes on for generations, generations. Brought down by some of Hashem, the what? is because of ingratitude. It's ingratitude. You want, okay, you're scared, you're not whatever, you could tell Moshe Rabbeinu, we're a little scared, what are we going to do? But the ingratitude, the ingratitude, gratitude is so important. Ladies and gentlemen, in your houses, is there a theme of gratitude? Oh yeah, we're going to say thank you all the time to my husband. No, 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 not just thank you. Gratitude is, has to be pervasive in your house. Thank you for, for menial stuff. Menial stuff. What do I mean? Men, let's talk to you for a second. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to myself. That what? When I talk about Hakar Satov in your house, this should be today, to thank your wife for, for everything. Thank her for simple things. Doing the laundry. Thank you for my socks. Thank you for the food. Thank you for everything you do for me. And you know something, ladies and gentlemen? I hope in your house, your relationship, the theme is not, 
a well. Sekimt mir. You know, some of you don't understand Yiddish. Sekimt mir means, what do you mean? This is, this is, it's owed to me. What do you mean? This is what's supposed, my wife is supposed to do the laundry. She's supposed to cook for me. She's supposed to take care of the kids. That's her role. And my role is to go out and work. That's not the attitude HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants for you. That's not the attitude Hashem wants. Hashem wants the attitude of Akar Satov, meaning Sekimp Dir Gunisht. Nothing is coming to you. Nothing. Nothing is coming to you. Not from your wife, not from your husband. And if your wife is doing the laundry and the socks and taking care of the kids and whatever she's doing, carrying the baby for you, whatever she's doing, right? Thank you. Thank you. It must be so hard for you. Or it's not so hard, but I'm going to thank you anyways. I really appreciate it. Nothing, nothing is coming to me. That's the attitude HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. That's the attitude Hashem wants. Uh, men, I'm not talking, just talking to you. Ladies, I'm talking to you as well. That what? Your husband goes out to work every day. Your husband goes to Kolel. He's bringing his chosen. Thank you for going to Kolel. Thank you for working for us. Thank you for learning for the kids. Thank you for setting the thermostat. Anything small. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You don't know how powerful this midah how much love, how much connection, how much shechina is going to come into your house by simply saying thank you again and again. Obviously, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm talking about genuinely saying thank you and appreciating. But gentlemen, I'm going to give you some good ideas over here now. Not just to say thank you to your wife, but I'll tell you where it hits home. Your wives are selfless. I'm Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, right? We do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And the men and the women, but your wives are selfless, right? Selfless to your kids. They don't stop. In today's generation, a lot of dual-income families, whatever, it doesn't make a difference. They're not dual-income. We have a lot of kids. A lot of us have a lot of kids. Those of us who have kids, those who don't have kids, whatever it is, but to say to your wife, you know, I want to tell you something. You're so devoted. You're so devoted to me. You're so devoted to the family. You're such an amazing mother. You're such a good cook. You're, you're, you're really, you know, you're really devoted. I just want to let you know. Men, if you are listening to this, if you could say this genuinely to your wife, if after this show, you can you know, turn this off and, and give your wife a call and say, I don't know, I just want to tell you, I was listening to the show, whatever. Don't, don't tell us the show. I just want to tell you, you really are very devoted to the family. It's a funny thing. I don't tell you enough. Ladies, to your husband also, you're very devoted to the family, but you know what talks to your husband? You know what talks to your husband is, you know something? I can't tell you how happy you make me. I can't tell you how happy, because husband being an achievement-based person, I can't tell you how happy you make me. The fact that you go out to work, the fact that you go to Kolel, the fact that you're there for the family, you were learning with the kids, I can't thank you enough. You know what's funny? We demand this of our children, but some of us don't do this ourselves. We demand, if your child doesn't say thank you, let's say, you know, how about this, guys? Listening to this, you know that a lot of the times in shul, there are these guys who give out uh, lollipops to the kids when they come to shul. Every shul has one of these guys, you know, gives out lollipops to the kids. And the kids come to shul, right? So let's say you go with your child to the lollipop man. They call them lollipop man, whatever. But you go to this person, okay? And the lollipop gives the ch your child a lollipop, okay? And your child doesn't say thank you. What are you going to say to the kid? Say thank you, say thank you, say thank you. Until the kid says thank you, because we want our child to say thank you. But you know how much, how much good we're getting from our spouse and we're not thanking them? On a daily basis. Oh, I said thank you yesterday. <laughs> On a daily basis. Grat the right attitude is gratitude. I want to tell you, I, I met a man yesterday. I was talking to someone. A balabas, and he told me that he finished Shas. It took him like 15 years to finish Shas. Beautiful, beautiful thing. I said to him, wow, you finished Shas, a beautiful thing. He said, I want to tell you something. It, it's really not me. He's like, he's like I, I have to tell you, I, I did work very hard, but I, I have to, I have to be Makir Tov. It's really all my wife. She let me go at night. It took me a long time. Many, many years for me to go out to Daf Yomi. I used to stay there, whatever. And, but she allowed me. She allowed me. It was hard. Sometimes she wanted the kids and this and the other. And ladies, I'm not telling you, you have to let your husband go out. Obviously, there has to be a balanced situation. The men have to learn Torah. She has to help you. But this man, he was thanking his wife. He said, I thanked my wife. We had a big thing. We had a big masiba. He had a big, uh, obviously, a big siyum. And he thanked his wife. He said, it's because of you. You let me go. And it was hard for you because you needed me at home. But you know what? You let me go like Akiva. Like, like, like Akiva. He thanked his wife. It was so beautiful to hear from him. So beautiful to hear. But see, the point over here, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to, I wanna, you know, when you walk away from this show, 
I, I want you to I want you to tell you this. It's not just a thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I deserve that. Sometimes, sometimes in your marriage, you're gonna feel like, what do you mean? My husband has to do this. This is his job. Or my wife has to do this. This is her job. Why should I? Th I I'll thank her if she went overboard. But if she didn't go overboard, why do I have to thank her? <laughs> she has to do this. My wife has to do this. This is her job to do the laundry, to clean the dishes. She's not cleaning dishes. She finally cleans the dishes. So, I mean, what do you mean? I, 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 I have to thank her for this? Yes, you have to thank her. And let me tell you, you know what's funny? Let's say you're going with, let's say those of you have, those of you have children, you're going with your child to a pizza store, right? And your child, you know, child's there. He's buying the pizza. He's like a $5 bill. Gets the pizza. And then what happens? Your child gets change. Gets change from the pizza man. And he walks away. You tell your child, say thank you. What do you mean? What do you mean thank you? He's giving me the change. Why do I have to say thank you? I mean, it's a store. It's a store. I go to the store. I buy something. He gives me change. Why do I have to say thank you? What's the point of saying Kiddush Hashem? Not Kiddush Hashem. Besides Kiddush Hashem. This is a midah of Akar Satov. This is what Akadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And guess what? Chazal integrated into our system, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, those of you who davened, you know how many thank yous you said? You know how many thank yous starting with, with, with brachas in the morning? Thank you, Akadosh Baruch Hu, for the fact that you could hear, see, smell. Thank you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. All the hal Mizmar Lesoda, Haril Hashem Kitov. It's all about thank Hallelujah. That's all about thank you. You're constantly thanking Kaddish Baruch. We're constantly thanking and thanking and thanking. Because that's what we have to do. Because Hashem doesn't have to do anything for us. Hashem needs to do nothing for us. So, you know what? We're thanking a Kaddish Baruch. A Kaddish Baruch wants us this not just to be Ben Adam La Makom between him and us. Hashem wants us to be in our households. In our households. Your wives are working very hard, gentlemen. For you, for your family, even though this is their role, but you still have to thank them. That's not your role. Your role is to say to yourself, well, you know what? Maybe it is hard for her. Even if it's not hard for her, I'm still going to thank you. Because not thing as a kimt mir. Nothing kimt mir. Nothing is owed to me. Nothing is owed to me. Nothing. Not from anybody. That has to be our attitude. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us, that it should be our attitude. Of what? Of HaKar Satov. Of saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly, Thank the Kaddish Baruch Hu, thank you, and saying to our spouse, thank you, and not taking things for see. Here's what it is: not taking things for granted, not taking things for you granted. You know what? I want to tell you something before before we go today. I hardly have any time. I have like a minute and twenty second seconds. Okay, wow, ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> working on your marriage is very hard. It's very very hard. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. And you know, if you're not successful today, you'll be successful a different different day. It's a daily thing. It takes a lot of work. But boy, is it worth it. I see couples, I'm telling you. And I'm not going to tell you that every couple turns around. It Really, it's up to your, take your Bechira. You know, I'm trying to give you skills and tools. You could try to get skills and tools elsewhere. But if you take the skills and tools, you integrate it into your life, and you have to work hard. And you'll see. You know, last week's parasha, last week's parasha, Kodesh Baruch shows Moshe Rabbeinu the menorah. In a fiery image. Why did Hashem show Moshe Rabbeinu the menorah? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't build the menorah. Why? You have to have that outlook. You have to, you know, shoot for the goalpost. Ladies and gentlemen, shoot for the goalpost. Make an established in your marriage. Be mevater. Show a Kaddish Baruch Hu that you're being mevater in your marriage. Show a Kaddish Baruch Hu that you don't only have gratitude for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but you know what? You also have gratitude for your husband. You also have gratitude for your wife. You're implementing, and it's hard. Oh boy, is it hard, because sometimes your husband upsets you. Sometimes your wife upsets you. But you're going to work on your midos. You're going to work on your shlemis. You're going to bring the shechina into your house. And through that, you'll be matzliach. Thank you. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Questions, comments, feedback, 917-397-2841. Have a great, amazing week.